0: but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to BFTExpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have with me Richard Edel. He is the co-founder and CEO at the Smart Containers Group. Hello, Richard.
2: Hi, Julia. Great to be here.
1: Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. So why don't you go ahead and start us off by telling us all about what you do at Smart Containers Group.
2: With pleasure. So we're about six years old. Uh, We're a Swiss high-tech company. We started out actually with uh, another innovation. We developed an insulation technology for skyscrapers. And when we pitched up for a building of Novartis, the pharmaceutical company, they asked us, well, could you use that technology and build a container to temperature um, control uh, transport? So it's a a temperature controlled container for the air freight shipments of uh, pharmaceuticals around the world. And so that's how we started out. Um, We started a company under the brand SkyCell. So all of our pharmaceutical container uh, types uh, are marketed under the brand SkyCell. And right now we're the number four in this, in this industry. And uh, so um, we are combining these specialized containers with um, a lot of sensors. So we have, I think, today the largest fleet of Internet of Things containers in the air freight space. So in the last three years, we collected about 1.2 billion data points. So sometimes we know no, we know more about the supply chain in air freight than many of the airlines themselves. Oh wow! So and the, the next logical step was well, how do we reduce the admin of these containers? And so that's why we're looking to blockchain. And we started about uh, nine months ago with a project to put the containers on the blockchain. In January, we announced to accept crypto as a form of payment, so we can mm-hmm. uh, now send out invoices that can be settled in ether and in Bitcoin, and uh, so that's starting to run. And uh, the next step is smart contracts, so that uh, instead of sending out an invoice at the end of a lease, of a container lease, uh, we agree on certain parameters, and these are programmed into a smart contract, and then they automatically execute themselves uh, when extra days are invoiced, or when a container is returned at a different location.
1: Got it, so is this autonomous,
2: or or yeah, going to be all autonomous? So the container should come to life
1: or, or almost
2: on, on its own. And the idea is sort of to have a container 4.0, uh, the autonomous container, which uh, continuously knows on oh, this week I was with Kudinagel, the next week I'm with DHL. Uh, and because I'm broken now, I need to be returned to a service center for service. And then I'm rented out again to, to let's say Novartis or to Roche and so forth.
1: Wow. And you are mainly doing pharmaceuticals at this point, but you're looking to expand into a lot of different things, it sounds like.
2: That's correct. Um, about uh, three years ago, we started getting requests to transport uh, high-value food. Um, so we're talking oh. about fish, we're talking about um, high-quality beef, but also some, some types of berries. And uh, we, we had to deny those requests because we're committed on the pharma side to only transport pharmaceuticals. And now we're launching under a new brand called Food Guardians. We're launching a new set of containers. Uh, In essence, it's the same technology, but tuned for the food industry. And uh, so these will come with uh, the same technology on the cooling and the same sensors in essence, and uh, will come with blockchain right out of the box.
1: Wow. So if a company, say, say an acai berry company, comes to you, how does that what does that look like? do you deliver the containers to them and give them the technology and then they're self sufficient or you know do you have to be involved in that process
2: um it depends a little bit on the business model um the containers so we see a couple of applications one is what we call a regional distribution model so let's say you're uh, distributing in a region uh to the hotel or to the food industry fresh fish mm-hmm. and then you would rent these we we rent the boxes to these specialized uh uh, fish producers or to the regional fish distributors and they then operate the fleet of containers in the region so they have our software in our containers um they can monitor the containers they they can make the information the temperature and other parameters they can make them available to their customers um, they can use a smart contract to do for example invoices on a daily rental so we would rent them the containers to these guys for on, a, on an annual basis and they rent the container onwards on a daily basis, as an example. Um, mm. So that's this regional distribution um, application. The other one is international. For example, uh, a large uh, salmon producer out of Norway wants to ship his, his top-notch quality salmon to those fish markets in Tokyo and in Seoul or in uh, Hong Kong and uh today they uh, they lose a lot of good quality salmon because of temperature because today's boxes in essence these are styrofoam boxes with ice in it and the fish and about 50% of the box today is ice and with us the, 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 the because the technology is built into the walls the payload is significantly higher and also the the, the we can guarantee the temperature surrounding the product about uh, 50% longer
1: wow this is this is one that can be used, and like you said, with the uh, medical industry for are you transplanting for for transplant people as well in the medical industry? Or is it mostly uh, certain kinds of medicines that need to be kept at temperatures?
2: So the majority of our business on the pharma side is what is called API. So um, these are the active pharmaceutical ingredients. Um, then we transport uh, semi-finished and finished products. So we transport some of the most expensive pharmaceuticals today. So that means on a pallet you have between $1 and $12 million of value. So that's significant. Um, but we also are launching this year uh, a smaller package that goes directly to your home, sort of what we call direct-to-patient. And there it can be one syringe. So uh, we want to cover from the bulk shipment down to shipping one syringe to your home or let's say in the future maybe to your hotel when you have a, a long-term treatment. Um, Absolutely. So that's that's what we're doing there. Um, we have some prototypes, which we've built, for example, for the children's hospital here in Zurich, uh, where we designed them a container that can transport living skin. So for, wow. for young children that suffer um, uh, skin diseases, like um, they could be almost fatal, like cancer, they grow this patch of skin and then the skin needs to be transported to the child. Uh, and for that, it needs to be a body temperature, so at roughly uh, 37 degrees Celsius. And there we designed them a box that can do that for 10 days autonomously.
1: That's incredible. And this is this is really game-changing for multiple industries.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we did this. We wanted to learn how hospitals, how we could interact and work with hospitals. This is a highly specialized application. Um, but the next step could be into organ uh, logistics because... Most of the organs today are transported on ice because that was the standard that was set in the 70s. And um, But studies show that if you transport certain tissue at body temperature, it's significantly better for the tissue than if it's transported on ice.
1: And you can control, yeah, a lot of your products, they don't have to be necessarily cold in your smart containers. It is whatever temperature you need it to be.
2: Um, this is container-specific. So um, in, in the example of the... Uh, Children's Hospital's uh, body temperature container, the container can only do the body temperatures because it's very Mm. specific. Um, The other containers, they could be changed. So we have, uh, for example, chilled 2 to 8 degrees Celsius, 15 to 25, or minus 20 degrees Celsius, so frozen. Um, And these can be uh, changed if customers need a different temperature range.
1: How did you get involved with this? Um, You know, you, you saw the need and then walk us through your thought process.
2: Well, there was a lot of luck in it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess when we when we pitched for that building of Novartis, um, we 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 were surrounded by the right people that had an issue delivering their products to the Middle East. And uh, this issue is not just with Novartis, but this is all the major pharmaceuticals and smaller pharma companies have these issues because supply chain in um, not just the Middle East, but in in the majority of countries around the world cannot sustain uh, the pharmaceutical products at their correct temperatures. At the same time, the regulators started to change a lot of the rules. So before, it was the pharma companies that were responsible to choose what was the right surrounding for a pharma product. And now the regulators say, well, if it says 2 to 8 degrees Celsius on a package, um, I require you to prove to me. That it was always two to eight degrees Celsius in storage and in transit, and that's a significant step up. And the pharmaceutical companies are now adapting their supply chain to these new regulations, and this leads to tre- tremendous market growth. So we see 25% industry growth at this point, and um, so we're just growing with the with the market growth at this uh, point, despite taking volumes from the competitors. They are still growing because uh, there's just so much demand now out there.
1: And what are some? Of, do you have some? Um... Client stories that you'd like to share of how businesses have changed and what kind of growth they've experienced through using your container.
2: Sure. So the pharmaceutical industry is very um, private, so I, I can't name customer specific, but I can give a couple of interesting mm-hmm. stories. So one yeah. of the products that is used um, uh, in in face uh, lifting, uh, sort of Botox, um, we, sh- we ship we uh, ship for, for this company now to the Middle East, and this company lost on average last year 25% of shipments because of temperature. And um, because the government that bought these products uh, refused to pay for them because they were out of spec. So mm. 25% of uh, shipments went down the drain. So that produced significant uh, losses in the supply chain, uh, which required extra shipments, express shipments, etc., cetera, et cetera, just to fill these orders. So that's one uh, example. Um, we have another um, interesting case where we are making new supply chains possible. So we are bringing to market this uh, direct-to-patient solution, not just because we believe in it, but because we have a launch customer that's now designing um, for each patient sort of a customized medication for a specific bowel disease. And we are supplying them with our unit um, um, as a way to ship directly to the doctor that operates the patient. So it's not just temperature that's sensitive here, but it's also the time-critical aspect. So within 48 hours of manufacturing this product, it needs to be in the patient. Otherwise, it's useless. So this is uh, our first application in this uh, direct-to-patient field. And uh, But the patient, uh, when this uh, operation is successful, is cured. So it's the first time that these patients then uh, can actually lead a normal life again and don't have to take permanent treatment for a very uh, uncomfortable bowel disease. I think well, these are, two are extreme examples.
1: Yes, and that—that's an example of of it's a very critical vertical critical thing that you're transporting. You're transferring something has to be at a certain time, certain temperature, to an exact location. And with smart containers, that is now possible.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not the logistics company here. We are the technology provider. So we do the hardware, we do the software, we do the training, and then it's a specialist uh, that does the the logistics. This can be um, a DHL Express. This could be a FedEx. But this could also be in the case of the big containers, the big fa- uh, the big uh, freight forwarders, q DHL, agility, et cetera. So it depends yeah, a little bit on logical. the specialty.
1: Exactly. So when a client comes to you and they want to use your containers, when you're setting them up, you need to know everything they need and you'll help walk them through realistic expectations of when things will be delivered. You'll walk them through everything.
2: Yeah, I think we have to... There are, two different kinds of supply chains. One are those one-offs, like supplying a patient in a hospital, mm-hmm. and the other ones are the, the regular flows of pharma. I mean, pharmaceutical is a very steady uh, demand in the market, and uh, so we can heavily optimize uh, with the freight forwarders and the pharmaceutical companies' supply chain setup, which reduces costs and CO2.
1: Absolutely, and then, and the food as well, just getting delicious food to not spoil and not have waste?
2: I think on the food side, it's it's even more of a volume game. So mm-hmm. uh, so pharma is really a niche in the global logistics market and food is, you can add three zeros onto everything in terms of volume. So there it's really about bringing down the cost and um, optimizing the supply chain as much as possible. Um, and when you do it right, I think you can also earn a good margin in, in food logistics.
1: Absolutely, and connecting people do a more diverse diet, really, <laughs> from all around the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, as as an example, our diet today has massively changed due to the logistics capabilities today. Um, we almost take it for granted that now in our um, northern hemisphere winter, we can actually have berries and uh, strawberries, etc., which are grown in the southern hemisphere. Um, this is already a luxury, but if you look at how much is actually lost, it's up to between thirty and forty percent is lost today in, in the supply chain um, because of temperature. The other aspect is they have to pick the fruits almost green because they need time to bring it to you as a, as a consumer or to in, into the shelf. So when we can improve the cold chain surrounding these products, I think we can even improve food quality, for the taste. And that's sort of oh, our absolutely. motto: we want to increase the taste.
1: Absolutely, that's that's fantastic. So how do people get in touch with with smart containers, if they want to use your technology, what is the best way for companies to connect to
2: you? So we have two brands. So I think the the most direct way would be to go to the appropriate brand, SkyCell for the pharma side and Food Guardians on the food side. Um, if it's on on a global topic, obviously, obviously they can reach out to me on the smart containers level. I'm today the CEO of Smart Containers SkyCell and of Food Guardians, uh, but that will change over time as also Food Guardians will grow up. Um, so, yeah, my, our contact details are on the website. So, foodguardians.ch, skycell.ch, and parent company, smartcontainers.ch.
1: Richard, this has been really insightful, and I'm very happy that you are making my berries healthier and more delicious and also changing people's lives through all the pharma services that you provide. This is really important technology.
2: Thank you. I think I can, uh, this is not just me, this is a huge team behind us. It's helping us design these products, and our mission is: we want to improve the health um, on consuming pharmaceuticals and uh, the taste, and of course the quality of food that we consume ourselves as well. So this is also an intrinsic motiv- motivation.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Future Tech Podcast. I know everyone is very interested in this, and so thank you for sharing your knowledge and insight into this industry that's very quickly growing, and I think very necessary for our world.
2: Thank you, Juliet. Was a pleasure.
1: This is Andrea Umar with Future Tech Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in.
0: Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.